the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show Tuesday afternoon. A little cloudy today in the Los Angeles area, a little cooler, but, uh, you know, we're getting there. May gray, which means it may be gray, may be sunny. It may rain. It may not rain. It just may be a sunny day, maybe not. Anyway, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, give a call if you want to join the conversation. You can also send an email to Pastor Scott at KKLA.com. Yesterday on the show, we were talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers controversy where they, for Pride Night coming up in a couple weeks in June, had invited a group called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and then uninvited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence because Catholic groups in particular objected to that group being a part of things. And they're inviting them to give a, a Heroes Award because of some charity work that they do. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is a drag group that dresses up as priests and nuns and uh, does a lot of activity that mocks Christianity, Catholics in particular, and uh, Catholics objected. Well, the Dodgers, sometime during our show yesterday, as we were talking about that, re-invited them out and put out a statement saying that uh, we're going to learn from our mistake and we really like to have you back, and they said they're coming back, so they'll be back. And I've been thinking about this and a few other things, and you know, uh, if you're not familiar with this group, the the uh, it's not just a group having fun as it gets presented. And I don't understand the whole weird thing we've got going on with uh, the drag thing, the drag shows, particularly for kids. And I think at the end of the day, this comes down to the kids thing. This has been going on a long time for adults, and they do it in a show somewhere, and not usually this anti, you know, uh, Christianity. And I think as Christians, by the way, we should expect that people are going to be anti-Christianity. I don't think that that, you know, it's something that, you know, we should be more concerned about them offending the living God than our own selves being offended. Does that make sense? I think sometimes we take offense to things that are offensive, but it's a far bigger deal, according to our beliefs, that anyone would be mocking the living God. Does that make sense? We should be concerned about that. We need to be concerned about the souls of everybody who is involved in things like this. And, you know, don't misunderstand here that this group is uh, not just anti-Catholic, but anti-Christianity. Okay, they have their, they're like nuns, okay, um, Catholic nuns, and they have religious names. I don't even know if I can say these things on the air what they're they're called but they're highly sexual names for the nuns okay um maybe i'll say this one sister rose of the bloody stains of the sacred robes of jesus all right sister missionary position 
uh, you know, they're they're humorous, but also blasphemous. But worse than that are the activities and the performances that go on that mock the crucifixion, that sexualize the crucifixion, where Jesus is, you know, a character is hung on a cross, and then there is a a male stripper sort of dancing around and sexualizing everything and Jesus getting excited about it and all of that. that's what they do. Okay. This is the group that's being brought to Dodger stadium uh, to perform. Uh, apparently they're going to perform. I don't know. They, they probably won't perform something like this. I'm guessing, but who knows these days? Um, but we should not be you know, confused that this is just some sort of benign thing. It's not. It is a statement against Christianity, and we should be aware that that some of the people who are defending them were very quick to bring up the idea, particularly because of kids, that the performances of the drag groups and other groups in front of children is, I think, the area where more attention needs to be paid if we're going to be involved in these kinds of things. Um, and I think there's a biblical reason for that. I also think that you know, we just need to, it doesn't mean that for adults it's okay, but there's something else about going against kids. And then, you know, the thing that gets brought up in defense of these people is, well, there's some pretty significant scandal uh, in the Catholic Church and elsewhere of child molestation and other terrible things. And we know that. And that hasn't been handled real well by the church. And we know that. But that's not an excuse to harm kids in some other way. At the end of the day, we need to not be harming kids. At the end of the day, this is a place where I think our outrage on things like this needs to be focused on the kids. Uh, It's not to justify what adults do, but I think that there is something happening that's different with kids. Another story is with Target. Do you ever shop at Target or Target, as some people go uh, to? And uh, we've got one of those right across the street from our house. Uh, I don't particularly like hanging out in the Target or the Walmarts. or play. And maybe that's because I worked for Kmart. I grew up in high school. My first well, it was my first job, but it was a long-time job, summer job. And even during school, I worked at Kmart or Came Apart, as we called it. And I don't know, maybe I've just uh, am done with that kind of store. Not my favorite place to go. Definitely cheaper prices, and I understand uh, how all of that works. But if you're not familiar, there's a significant controversy happening with Target as well. And once again, it's it's targeted towards kids. So it's connected to Gay Pride Month in June and those kinds of things. But you need to understand that what's happening is a target towards kids and an encouragement for children to change their gender or support the gender ideology. And there is so much about this that is not factual. You know, they say that the puberty blockers thing, like, well, if you stop the puberty blockers, uh, things just go back to normal. That's a lie. Did you know that? It's not true that things just go back to normal and all of this with all of the the pressure. And the, the reason that the pressure is to start the puberty blockers younger, right, is that if you don't develop into whatever gender your your biology says that you are, um, you will seem more feminine if you're a guy or you will seem more masculine, I suppose, as a woman. I don't think it works. Um, I mean, I know it works scientifically and it delays the puberty, but I don't think it's something where in most cases where people can't tell uh, later on. But the idea that uh, puberty blockers are reversible uh, is not true. They are not reversible. 
the effects are considered reversible because that when the medication is discontinued, puberty typically resumes and progresses as it would have without intervention. And the body generally resumes its natural hormone production and puberty continues from that stage at which it was paused. So if you started the puberty blockers at 10 or 12 years old, uh, and you decided, ah, I'm 16 or 17 and I'm not really, I'm not trans, and you go off of them, uh, the puberty will come back. However, when you investigate what happens, yes, it's true uh, that your body will start to bring things back. Um, but in the meantime, a lot of damage has happened. Bone density, especially if it's longer than six months, and most people doing it longer than six months. you got to read. This is the thing I think that is... There are so many things that are significant about this, but we are lying to people. We are lying when we just say, oh, it's reversible. And if your doctor is saying that or your kid's doctor or some teacher or somebody you know, they're lying to you. They are technically correct only because the body will resume its puberty progress, but there's damage in the meantime. All right. Uh, certain aspects of physical development. You will not be as tall as you otherwise would have been. Your bones will not develop right. You will likely have emotional and psychological factors that are significant during that period of time, and you may not develop correctly. There are permanent effects of puberty blockers that can vary depending on individual factors, okay, of different things. But it's very significant, and you can look all that up, medical journals and other places. It's there, And we are one of the few countries in the world, by the way, that are continuing down this path. European countries are backing off because what limited studies they have show that it's not good. It's the lying and it's the kids. It's it is such a significant thing. So what's happening at Target is they for Pride Month have a whole bunch of children's clothes that are being put front and center or were, except that parents and people are getting outraged and now Target apparently in some parts of the country are removing them or moving them to the back of the store, but they're put right in the front. But these things are there, gosh, it's even hard to talk about this, but they're there and they're outfits that are made for trans kids. And for the girls, they are outfits that accomplish a mild set of binding Uh, Binding is a thing, and it's something that you can find described on your local children's hospital website in their transgender care department that is about wearing an outfit that pushes your breasts back into your body if you're a girl so it looks like you don't have them. This is the first step to actually not having them and removing them. And for the guys... I mean, it's it's bathing suits that look like girls' bathing suits that allow extra room for you to move the male stuff into a different position so that it's not seen from the front. Can I just put the, and that's a target. It's targeted towards children. All right. That is the issue here. There's multiple issues, but you need to know that this is for real. It's nationwide. And I think when it comes to kids, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, how do you deal? You can't just deal with, you know, all of society's ills. And you have to deal with these things and acknowledge that all of us fall short of the glory of God, that we are a sexually broken country, that the impact of pornography, for example, on people from every walk of life is significant and is probably has a lot to do with a lot of what we're dealing. You know, people say, well, how, why are we dealing with this so often today? You know, where did this come from? You know where it came from? It came from high-speed internet and the proliferation of pornography that's available to people of all ages, including little kids. I'm telling you, that's it. 
That is the biggest thing. There's other contributors. There's social media. There is the advancement of uh, left-wing propaganda and things. But I don't think any of that advances very far without the pornography, without the excuses that are made for it, without everything that goes into it. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I thought a lot about how we proceed to discuss this, and I think it's the kids. You know, Jesus makes this comment. It sticks in my mind all the time. Matthew eighteen six. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. Uh, that's Jesus. That's what, you know, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck. There's something that Jesus, when he's talking about kids, that leads him to say maybe one of the harshest things that he says. The millstone, you know, it's a big stone, and there's there's one that would be the there's interesting thing here because there's two words in uh, the Greek language for millstone. So we don't see this in English and in a modern society unless you're a farmer. You probably don't even you probably don't even know this if you're a farmer. But the the, the millstone be the stone that a human being can push around and it would uh, do the work. But for this word, it's, it's something that's too big for a human to do. It's the largest one that you would need a donkey or a horse to do, to move around. And that it's, it's used to grind meal, right? Okay, they're extremely heavy, and the term refers to the heavier kind of millstone to be turned by a donkey or another animal rather than the light one that a person would use. And Jewish people in the day regarded this sort of punishment as the awful sort that pagans would have to carry out. And it makes the image just very, very dreadful. I think whenever we talk about these things, it gets drawn into what adults are doing for adults and the privacy of adults. But I think we've got to defend the kids. I think that we cannot let people go after the children and you know you're it's it is outrageous and i think we should be outraged there are many groups by the way who are gay even people who are into um the the uh you know the the men dressing up as women for the show i'm blanking on the term right now at the moment drag stuff who are against this okay that are absolutely appalled by what's happening to the kids and kids being involved in all of this this is something that we have to stand up for because it's wrecking kids. And the abuses that we are seeing, you know, the abuses that get thrown back at us that happen in, sometimes in churches, but have happened in schools and happened in all kinds of places. It's all the reason that we get upset about that. The reason it's bad is because it's horrific for the kids. Many of you listening, you've experienced that yourself. And you got abused in such a way as a child. And you know the different things that you had to grow up with. Imagine now that you're living in a society where some people are saying that that's actually okay, that you shouldn't feel what you feel. Target, by the way, contracted, and this I've looked at to see what this is true. This has been going on for a couple of days, and I've been trying to figure out how much of this gets blown up in 
the social media world, and there's so many things that are said today that turn out not to be true. Target contracted with a company called Abprolin, which is a clothing brand that sells Satanist, like legitimate Satanist merchandise, uh, which some of it glorifies violence. And that's who they're using to create these products for their pride collection. And the brand on their own website, they sell shirts and pins and stickers with the design of a pastel goat, like a Satanist goat head, okay, with the message, Satan respects pronouns. You know, and, uh, you know, the, it's very also anti-Christian. And, you know, if you're, you know, Satan comes out of the same book, by the way. A lot of Satanists will say, well, we don't really believe in Satan. But it's interesting that you are promoting probably what Satan would think. And he comes out of the same book that Jesus comes out of, right? Like we, we know about Satan because of the scriptures, because of the Bible. And you need to understand that, you know, we need to realize, number one, we shouldn't be surprised that, kid, that Christians are being attacked. Because you wouldn't see this against Muslims. You wouldn't see this against most other religious groups, right? Imagine that there's some group performing at Dodger Stadium who regularly um, mocks Islam, or regularly mocks um, Buddhists or other faiths or just about any other group. You'd never see that, but you see it with Christianity. It's something that, to me, as a Christian, in a way, it's encouraging, not because I want it, but because it says, hey, you know, there's something different about our faith that's different from all the other ones. And what it is is we're being attacked um, while others would never be attacked, and maybe that's because we're true. Maybe that's because in the case of Christianity, all fall short of the glory of God, and we need a Savior. We can't save ourselves. That it is that gospel that Jesus saves is offensive to human beings. The idea that I can't do enough good in order to earn salvation or earn heaven or earn whatever permission there is, you know, whatever blessing there might be by the universe in, you know, other faiths. Every faith is all about I'm able to become a good person and good enough person either to earn heaven or earn salvation or earn a next life and come back in a better situation. Or if I come back in a worse situation, I can still earn it again. And it's all about me being able to earn it. The offensive thing about Christianity is that our good deeds are like filthy rags, that they don't earn us anything when it comes to salvation. Now, we can earn you know, credit with the Lord, and there's different views about what will happen when you get to heaven and how you'll be rewarded for the good things that you do. And we were created, Ephesians tells us, to do good things that were prepared for us to do before we got here. As Christians, we are to do good things, and it matters. And we we do good things because we believe. Um, You know, the order in Christianity is you believe, then you're saved, and then you do good works. Uh, the order for every other faith is you believe, you do good works, and then you're saved. See, there's a, there's a huge whatever salvation means in the other faith. So that's, the, that's the difference, that the good works come later. You know, Christian, do we need to do good? Yes, we absolutely do. It's an expression of our faith. It is something that if you're not doing good, it should bring into question whether or not you're a believer or not. So the you know, the priests or the pastors or church people or just teachers or anybody who are abusing kids, there is a really good question to ask about whether or not they really believe in Christ, whether or not they're really saved. You know, that that's a legitimate question to ask. Um, so good deeds, they reflect what it is we truly believe. It's not that we're going to be perfect and there's grace and forgiveness for the penitent heart, but but, you know, it matters. 
But those doing good things in Christianity doesn't earn you anything uh, with respect to salvation, with respect to you know, points with God so that you're right with God. Jesus earned it all. And as we think about these stories and we see them, you know, I think you should not shop at Target. I don't think you should go to a Dodger game right now. You know, um, they're probably just going to, you know, win the division by 20 games and then lose to the Padres in the playoffs. Uh, anyway, right, that, you know, maybe that disappointment needs to last a couple of years until the Dodgers figure something out. Um, maybe, you know, there's other, it's hard because, it's, you know, you got to shop somewhere. You got to buy stuff. And anything you buy, every every dollar you spend somewhere, whoever you are, whatever you believe, some money is going to some organization or some person that you don't like, that believes something contrary to what you believe. That's just how it is. Um, so it's complicated. But when we're talking about kids, I think that's a place to focus. And we need to be aware of this. We need to be aware that this attack that's politically driven, that is not really even about trans people or people who are dealing with gender dysphoria or other things. It is about a greater agenda, an agenda to undo the family, an agenda to remove the idea of mothers and fathers and children being raised and that morals come from God. It's a very spiritual movement that's way beyond just one issue of transgenders or other things. This is this is what this is about. And corporations are are buying into it. But when it comes to kids, I think that's a place to you've got to plant the flag. I think when it comes to what's happening in the schools and the curriculums and stuff, we have to speak out. And what gets to me is Jesus's comment about the millstone that when you make a kid stumble, better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck. Um, you know, I suppose there's nuance to how you apply that. But to me, it says, you know, when it comes to little kids, it doesn't get worse than that. All right, I got to take a break. You want to join our conversation? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. is the number. Email Pastor Scott It was now announced today Scott that tomorrow Ron DeSantis will be governor of Florida. He'll still be governor of Florida tomorrow, but he's going now, to announce that he's running show. for president on Twitter. This is Elon Musk. In your time, I think it would be probably correct. Okay. Um, so, uh, yes, I... Um, We'll be interviewing um, Ron DeSantis, and he has quite an announcement to make. Um, and we'll be, be the first time that something like this is happening on social media and with uh, real-time questions and answers, uh, not, not scripted. That was Elon Musk talking about what uh, is going to happen as Ron DeSantis actually gets into the race. Um, lots of people running for president now. I suppose this is really beginning. I think the debates begin in August, like official Republican debates. There's no Democrat debates planned, even though there are two Democratic candidates. Marianne Williamson doesn't really have uh, much of a following, but uh, RFK Jr. does. He's pulling down uh, 19 or 20 percent on the Democratic side, and uh, they're certainly going to argue for debates with President Biden. Um, I think uh, that probably what happens, and of course my thought is that President Biden is not going to be the, can- the candidate eventually. That's just my theory. I'm just holding on to that. Plus, I have a deal with uh, David James around here, Big Wave Dave, uh, a steak dinner bet. My bet is that at the end of the day, in October, November of 2024, Joe Biden will not be the candidate on the ballot. That's what I'm saying. 
Uh, Big Wave Dave says you're crazy, Scott. He is going to be the nominee for the Democrats. I don't know. You know, we'll see. My thought, number one, it's age. You know, just what I'm observing with the president. Of course, I'm not with him personally, and I don't really know. But what I can see on TV, um, a year and a half before that election, year and a half. I don't know. He's 80. He'll be 82, pushing 82 by the time that election happens. I don't know. Um, if he's going to make it. Plus, uh, you know, if it looks like he's going to lose, kind of depends on lots of stuff, he could drop out. Lyndon Johnson um, was planning to run and planning to win. He thought he was going to win all the way through about January of 1968. And then a couple of things happened. He he lost uh, or he did poorly in the New Hampshire primary. And then right after that, RFK, uh, Robert Kennedy, got into the race and came out swinging against LBJ. They did not like each other at all, uh, personally. There was a lot of personal stuff there. But uh, Robert Kennedy was a stellar candidate. He would have been president had he not been assassinated later that year. Most people agree he would have won the presidency. And uh, Linda Johnson dropped out shortly after that. By March, he was out. And, uh, you know, the famous speech, you know, I will not accept the nomination of my party for president. I think we're going to have a Joe Biden moment. What if it's an art? That's just my opinion and has mostly to do with age. Um, age combined with, you know, kind of depends. You know, it's it's an interesting thing that will happen is if Donald Trump is the nominee, he's old, too. He's not as old as Biden. And he seems to be, you know, quicker and uh, more mentally, you know, probably depending on your opinion. But he seems like he's doing better than Biden at the same age. However, he's still old. He's still and I know a lot of you are listening and you're like, well, I'm 80 and I feel pretty good. Well, you should run for president. Um, the thing is, is in your 80s, you feel good today and then tomorrow you're not. That's, you know, that's the concern. If if Joe Biden gets elected, reelected, do you know what the odds are that he finishes his term? The odds of him believing to be 86 and finishing a second term, uh, it's one in four. I'm sorry, it's, it's one in four that he'll die. So 75% chance he'll, he'll complete the term. One in four chance that he will not survive. And that's just general numbers, okay? That does not bring into account, you know, a person's specific health or other things, right? But generally speaking, if you're 82, uh, you have a one in four chance of not living to be 86 if you're a man. Uh, that's the number. And that doesn't mean, you know, that, doesn't in, that means death. That doesn't include stroke or, or Alzheimer's disease or other things that happen to you as an old person. Right. So it's a it's a very interesting thing, I think, that's coming here uh, in this election. Anyway, that's the long version of, you know, why I think it's not going to be him. And wouldn't it be remarkable if it's RFK Jr. that uh, becomes the candidate after that? I don't think that's going to happen because I think that uh, on the Democratic side, you've got two options. You've got Gavin Newsom, who already is running his campaign for democracy could overnight become a campaign for the presidency. I think that's why he set it up. I think it's politically uh, actually a pretty smart thing to do. I take offense at our policies and strategies. Yeah, but I think just politically speaking, when you create a presidential campaign that's not a presidential campaign that you can use next year if that were to happen, or you can just use in four years because that's probably your plan. You know, politically speaking, not a bad, not a bad idea. Just, you know, not just politically speaking, smart. Uh, you know who the other person is who I think is uh, running? Wilbur, who who would you think if, if President Biden were to drop out for whatever reason, like in a year, in the fall of 2024, he says, you know what, I'm not going to run for whatever the reason. Who do you think takes over for him? 
yeah, it's uh, you know who I think it could be Hillary Clinton. I think you know she's younger than she's a year younger than Trump. She's a couple of years younger than Biden. And uh, you know what? Uh, she's she's made herself public for a while. It would not be difficult for her, you know, in that kind of crisis. Imagine the crisis of the the person who you think is going to be the person um, no longer being the candidate. What do you do if it's that late? If it's too late for people to get in in the primary system? Well, you go back to the person who was your last candidate, and it could be Trump and Hillary all over again. Of course, that is to say that Trump gets the uh, nomination, which from the polls it says he is, but uh, it's still very, very early, and the polls don't mean a lot. Okay, uh, Ron DeSantis um, likely will be the candidate. We will talk about whatever it is he has to say uh, later this week after he does that. Try to give some of these people when they jump out a big deal. You know, the attacks that come out uh, against people, maybe I'm hoping that maybe we can get more savvy about it and the political uh, stuff that's going on. By the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. Uh, last week, remember the story about migrants in New York who were um, – what the story said is that – What's happening is Eric Adams, the governor of New York or the mayor of New York City, is trying to figure out what to do with all of these people who are crossing the border and coming into New York, whether they're coming in on a bus from the Texas governor or just making their way there anyway. And so now he's asking the suburbs around New York to start uh, helping out and put people into hotels. Well, the story was that homeless military veterans were booted from a New York hotel um, and replaced with these uh, migrants, uh, these illegal migrants coming over the the border. You know, that story is not true. That story turned out to be made up, and it was on most of the media out there, particularly media on the right. It was just completely made up. And, of course, it sounds like a you know a huge deal. There is, oh, all of a sudden there are people who need housing, and they are replacing other people. So, You know, one of the political controversies, of course, of all of this is that Americans are not getting the same services uh, or losing out because of so many people coming across the border. But this and that is happening in various places. But this particular story is not true. And it was claimed that our veterans are being kicked to the curb, that veterans are being kicked out of this hotel. Uh, They weren't. And I think that a story like this, it matters for us to understand it because we're living in a time when there is so much fake news, so many things said that if you if you're just hearing this for the first time, maybe you heard that and you were outraged by it last week, you you have to realize that sometimes these stories come back and they're just not true later. And our media is so fast to make a judgment about all kinds of things. You know, when we have some tragic event happening in the country, there's a whole lot of statements that get made first about the shooter, about who they are, about what they might be like, a whole bunch of things. And then, you know, a couple of days later, it turns out not to be the case, right? Sometimes everything gets undone. I think that a discipline for us, and I think as Christians this matters, is that we do our best, and it's hard, it's really hard, we do our best to withhold judgment on things. I haven't followed this story much today, but there was a a guy who apparently crashed into the White House with a U-Haul truck. Have you seen this this clip? And there's this clip of this guy who drives this U-Haul truck very slowly into the barricades at the White House. And what's really interesting about it is that 
Um, he gets out and runs away, I guess, temporarily. And the only thing in this U-Haul truck is a Nazi flag. And in the pictures that are being taken, the Nazi flag is being rolled out and presented to everybody. And the idea is, okay, this is some kind of uh, Nazi who's charging into the White House. And uh, what a terrible thing this is. But the guy who did it, it's not a white guy. Uh, not to say that, uh, you know, people can't be Nazis. Certainly they can. Um, but the guy who got uh, caught, apparently, is... Um, you know, he's being called a white supremacist and Nazi, but he's not. And I, this story's weird. When you watch that, you know, so a guy who um, it rents a truck and he drives it into the White House. And the only thing on this truck is a Nazi flag. And, you know, the stories that come out right now is, you know, white supremacy. And, and President Biden said it's the biggest threat to our nation. Uh, there is white supremacy. Uh, that's out there. Um, we're living in a world where we've we're kind of making that into everything, and I think that's a bad thing because I think there really is white supremacists, and some people do do some bad things, and they're not going to get attention. The real white supremacists, because of things that really are not white supremacists, they're some other kind of thing. Um, that's a whole nother story. Um, this guy's getting charged with threatening to kill and kidnap or inflict harm on the president, vice president, or family member. And, uh, you know, that's happening. But I'm curious about this. I think we need to wait and see what happens with this. Uh, it's a weird story. Uh, regardless, point is, in this political season with a lot of things coming on, be very careful about coming to judgment, particularly if it's something that, you know, would support your side or whoever you're voting for, whoever you're supporting. We're living in a time where there are so many lies and so many things that people can do to present something on camera, to present something in a very simple way that looks like one thing, but it turns out later it's not. And a media that's not very good at investigating, a media that doesn't take the time to really look into things. Be very, very careful, not just for your own mind, but in the conversations that you have with friends and stuff. You know, I think that that some patience and some introspection about things like this and asking questions about it. You know, these games, they happen all the time. Uh, I think it's just in the media world that we live in, the social media world, we're going to see more and more things happen that require some time before we figure it out. What do you think about that? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I'll take your calls when we return as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, we'll go to the phones. Jan and Torrance, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Listen, it's my political prayer that Robert Kennedy comes out swinging just like John F. Kennedy did back in the day. Uh-huh. And that's my, <laughs> that's my prayer. Uh, I'm going to vote for Trump if he runs. Uh, but I still like Robert Kennedy a lot. I follow him um, on uh, the email about, yeah. you know, what's going on as far as health and stuff. I love him for that. But here's what I'm really passionate about is I really think that if every Christian could go without their child and go through Target 
and go through the book section and see all the satanic books they're teaching wizards and satanic things for children and adults, um, they'd be shocked. There's, I think I found one Joyce Myers book, and uh, it's just not a place to go. It's just the toys, even some of the toys, you know. There's the mean girl uh, princesses, you know. They're not sweet anymore, and uh, I think... I think you know I boycott it, and I'm I'm just a grandmother. You know I you think know, so. yeah you know it's um, I think it's worth I I should go into Target and just see in the book section I haven't been in there but you know it's it's such a different world that we live into in and I think we should not assume that our kids are safe. Um, no, I don't but think I think not. that you know earlier in the hour if you just joined us we were talking about what's happening and. You know, a lot of the discussions in Target right now with the the pride stuff, but really targeted towards children and yeah. and stuff. Um, and, you know, some of that stuff is it is pretty outrageous. And I I think that most people don't realize it. Target put it front and center and some people are like, hey, uh, yeah. you know, um, I think people need to yeah. check it out. I think kids is a place where we really – um, we'll find agreement from a lot of people too. I think that there's a oh, place yeah. where we can do something. I don't know that we're going to re- re- change our culture back to what it once was um, no, in some ways, but I think that, that most people today still defend kids once they are alerted to what's actually happening to our kids. Yes, and I don't think even in the children's books there's equity at Target. And even I go to Borders. I'm, I'm passionate about children's books. I have one that I'm working on. And um, I just, even the artwork, if you look at the artwork, you know, it's just, it's severe. You know, there's no, no like, gentleness. And uh, I don't know. Well, I it's think- a, it's certainly a rough time. So I appreciate your call, Jan, uh, to that. And I encourage people, you know, pay attention to what's happening with the kids. Uh, pay attention to what is you know, and in, in every area, in education, you know, the education numbers we have in our country are horrific. Number of kids who can read, number of kids who can read, you know, at a uh, actual high school graduate level. Those things impact their their life forever. When you're you're not graduating kids or you're graduating kids who are only reading at a third grade level or a sixth grade level, that is a crisis that will affect them their entire life, but it also affects all of us. It affects our ability to even grow and compete as a nation. And we have to, beyond our politics, beyond left and right, ask why. Why are we okay with this? Because at the end of the day, we are okay with it. This has been, this isn't new. Like the numbers have jumped out at us because of the COVID, but this is not new. And the numbers, particularly in our inner cities, the numbers in particular for uh, kids who are in inner city schools across the country are horrific. And it's not okay. It's not okay for them. And nobody should be okay with this. And I think it's all connected. I think we are living in a time, you know, and I hate to say this, but, well, I don't hate to say this. I think it's what it is. You read the Old Testament and it talks about the evil things that parents did and they tossed their kids into the fire to, you know, win the approval of whatever God they were searching. I, I think it's the same thing, that we're giving up our kids for our own pleasure, our own benefit, uh, our own, uh, I don't want to be told that I'm a bad person, so I'm going to take my kid to this show. I don't want to be told that I'm a bad person, so I'm not going to object to something that I think is objection- objectionable for my kids. 
See, we we need to be tougher, and it needs to come out of the left versus right, meaning that I think most of us, I think 80%, 90% actually could find a lot of agreement on these issues. We need to do that before we can't. 888-528-2557. William in Fullerton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, William. Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, go ahead, William. Yeah. I uh, I just wanted to make a comment on that uh, that the story that you uh, reminded us of, of the guy that sl- slow motion crashed uh, yeah. the U-Haul truck. Right. Yeah. Uh, somehow they're calling him a white supremacist, but that's another topic. Uh, this, to me, smells like yet another Democrat false flag operation designed to distract us from the real from the real well it's a super uh, weird story and that's where i'm i'm getting at with that you should you know i think we need to wait and see what happens here it's if you watch the video and i haven't followed the story all day maybe there's some developments but you know a guy driving a u-haul very slowly into a barrier and there's nothing in there except a nazi flag and the guy is a 19 year old kid who's praising hitler apparently and uh, he's not white, he's Indian, uh, pretty dark-skinned guy, and the Hitler he's, he's supposedly praising would kill him. Like, if, if actually, you know, he liked Hitler, he should understand that Hitler would not like him and Hitler would murder him. Um, that is, you know, what he supposedly is doing. And he, maybe he's mentally ill and sick, and we have so much going on in our culture today. There's, there's a lot... There's a lot of reasons this could happen. Could be a false flag. That's why I brought up the false flag that uh, the right did on uh, that hotel, because I think we should be aware that there's a lot of lying going on out there and a lot of, uh, we used to say political shenanigans, but I think this is, I don't think that's a strong enough word. William, thank you for your call. Just wait and see. Wait and see what happens. I think that is the discipline that we need to have with this, this kind of thing. And I don't like it because... You know, when we, when you start getting into the the racism and things like that, if it seems contrived or if we start calling everything white supremacy or something like that, it takes away from the real things that are going on. You remember the uh, Aubrey case, the Armad Aubrey case in Georgia? He was the jogger, um, African-American jogger who was chased and killed. Uh, his shooters, you know, they all went to prison and they all needed to go to prison. Uh, that was a lynching, in my opinion. It was horrific what they did. There's more to that story. There is an indictment of an attorney general, uh, indictment of a couple other prosecutors, because what was going on in the background of that story is that it would have been covered up if that video didn't come out. So that's a lot more than just the shooters. you know. And that kind of thing, probably white supremacy for real, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, we... I don't like to distract from the reality of that, the reality that what other kinds of things do we not know about because the video didn't come out that is actually racially motivated, that is actually evil and sick in that regard that's in our country. We've got to root that out. Don't confuse it with, you know, the issue on the train in New York or this thing at the White House or other things. Those things are bad. Those things raise questions about how we are as a society. They raise a lot of different questions. I think because of political motivation for different things, particularly election coming up, we skew what the real issue is. And in the meantime, the actual evil that is going on at different places gets doesn't make the papers. It doesn't uh, it doesn't help us. 888-528-2557. Mary in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. 
Hi, Pastor Scott. Hi, Mary. Yeah, you know. Uh, We're talking about children today. Yeah. I have have a 16-year-old grandson, and uh, I asked him if he was interested in any particular certain girl. And he looked at me and kind of smiled and said, Nana, everyone at my school is either lesbian or gay. Mm -hmm. That scares me. It can't just be his school. It's got to be more. Yeah, there's a lot of studies out there that talk about the idea of contagion, okay, where it's it's sort of something that people are doing for acceptance that and I, I you know, but it's it's something that you need to pray about because most of those kids will uh grow out of that. Some of those kids may end up being gay, um but a lot of kids they just grow out of it, uh the gender dysphoria and the the it's not even always just that. Um, thank you. I got to go cause I'm almost off the air, but Mary, I appreciate that. Pray for your grandkids and pray for the kids. Oh, you know, you. you know, one of the reasons the evidence is for contagion is that sometimes it's happening in big numbers at one school and then down the street at another school, it's not happening at all. And the people who run some of the clinics where people go, they start to notice it's a whole bunch of people from the same school, but not from some other school. Um, we need to pay attention to that and be very serious, uh, about that and be in prayer. You know, and keep in mind that the Lord is in charge. And these issues, you know, you pray for your grandkids, you pray for your kids, and that's the best you can do. I'm out of time. Obviously, these things will come up all the time. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast at kkla.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on social media, Scott Furrow. I will be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless. Have a great night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.